okay. Let's get into it. I'm getting nervous now that I'm thinking about it. This is Killer Conspiracies, episode 11, Frank and Wiener, and our new host. I'm Kobe, and our shiny new boy is Brian. So, go ahead and tell them a little bit about yourself, and then we can get into the Yo. There he is. Yo, my name is Brian. Actually, Kobe, Kobe Wiener. We out here just wanted to join in in the conspiracy and the killer conspiracies and get my little insight of it, but I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. I'm fucking excited. But we got, mm-hmm. I have a couple little stories and then Brian's got a good, long, spooky story. I'm fucking excited about it. <laughs> So, I'll go ahead and do my short little I'm ready, bro. I'm excited, too. All right. I'm listening. I'm kicking back. Okay. This is Frank and Weenie, a.k.a. John Bobbitt. Frank and Weenie! (laughs) And a lot of the people in the late late 1900s will know this story. This dude was a Marine. Um, There's no murder in this case, but some manhood was taken. June 23rd, 1993, in Manass, Virginia. Wait, Manassas, not Manass. Lorena Bobbitt Bobbitt cut her husband's dick right off in his sleep. She later said it's because he raped her during their marriage and was abusive. She then drove off, throwing the ween out the window. She then called the police telling them what happened, and she would be arrested that night. And the cops did find the wiener, and they were able to reattach it after nine hours in surgery. And it still worked because he would start in a few porns, pornos called Frank and Penis, Chopped Off, and a few other ones. That's why I named it Frank and Weenie. Um, but his shitty actions kept coming. He would be arrested for many abuse claims and criminal convictions. She would be acquitted by reason of insanity. They got divorced in 1995. So somehow, they were still married for two years after she cut this dude's dick right off. Holy shit, dude. I don't even know how you would stay with the women like that, bro. That's freaking wild. I'm sure she... Hey, at least they... What? At least they freaking retrieved the dick and put it back on, bro. Yeah, but I'm sure it was all sorts of messed up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can go on all day, though. Probably. You know? No, no Vigra, Viagra. Dude, that's freaking wild. I don't even know how you can handle two years of that shit. It mm-hmm. says few pornos called Franken-penis. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, it's something. Oh man, wait, but um, where was, where did this happen? Um, Wasn't this like a place he used to service at though? Or oh no, that's, that's the next story, man, come on. <laughs> oh man, dude, I thought it was this one. No. This was too freaking penis. No, well, let's, let's get into your story, man. Holy crap, man. Alright, well... I heard this story a long time ago, and I, I listened to a lot of creepy pastas during my day. But this is actually the only one that I almost got to the point where I, I'm like, I had to turn this off. So it's called Tommy Taffy. It's a uh, I actually got it from a Reddit um, posted by Elias Witherow. I don't know, seven years ago, but. Let me go ahead and start this because it's a two-part. Um, he, Kobe's going to be in the second. Well, he's going to do his story, but I'm going to do my first. So some of you may have read my son's account, Third Parent. So that's the story of it. About what happened regarding to monster Tommy Taffy. After reading it, after crying over it, I felt compelled to write this. I'm not here to defend my actions. I'm not here to make excuses. I did what I had to so that my family would survive. I knew what Tommy was capable of. I knew what he'd have endured. But I also knew that 
if we could make it five years without pissing off Tommy Taffy, we'd come off the nightmare, come on, come out of the nightmare alive. How did I know that? Because I'd had her, I had already lived it. I had already been exposed to, to what that thing was capable of. I had been ta- Tommy's temper, had seen what pushed his buttons. I had already done my five years. Like I said, I'm not here to defend myself. What happened to my family is unspeakable, but we are alive. No, instead I'm writing this so you can understand why, why I did what I did. Why I chose to let Tommy do what he did to my wife and children. After you hear my side, after you read what I went through, then you can judge me. God knows I deserve it. Dude, it's intense, bro. Yeah, Hang on. Do me a favor real quick. Put, push your mic yeah, out a yeah, little yeah. bit because it's getting a lot of... You're moaning too hard okay. into it. <laughs> Wait, push it out a little bit? Yeah. It's getting a lot of... All right, all right. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. All right, here we go. Tommy first arrived on my street when I was seven. I was only... I was an only child and lived with... Both my parents in the middle of the class, um, in the middle of class neighborhood. It was a mellow slice of American dream, like a cut of apple pie under a smothering layer of vanilla ice cream. Mmm, that's a nice summer. Our street was in a scheduled residential neighborhood in the fair corner of our sprawling development. There were six houses in total. We were a tight knit bunch, but both the parents and children. In the summers, we'd have cookouts. In the winter, we'd have Christmas parties. It was almost like our block with one big family. Everyone looked out for one another. Everyone was generous and considerate. It was a different time when people trusted one another. But our picture-perfect life shattered when he arrived. Jesus, I'll never forget. July 1969. Nice. I just... Yeah, 69. I just got to bed. My seven-year-old mind exploring my imagination, turning thought into dream. The moon was a warm slice of yellow in my window, an expanse of stars winking down at me, so I drifted off to sleep. I could hear the TV on in the living room. A comforting reminder that my parents were still awake and the monsters under my bed would still would stay away tonight. That's when I bolted awake by a knock at the door at the front door downstairs. It was such a sharp contrast to the comfort murmur of the TV that my mind went on full alert as the noise echoed into the house. I sat up in bed, irritated, clutching growls, my teddy bear. I heard the heavy footsteps of my father walk to the door, probably expecting a neighbor. The the familiar creak of the front door was followed by the muted murmur of conversation. I could hear my father's voice speaking, interrupted on association by another male voice I didn't recognize. My mother joined the conversation. I could hear my father getting angry. Minutes stretch on as a mysterious late night uh, visitor continued to walk with my parents. I slid out of my bed um, and went to my bedroom door, peeking my head out to listen. I still couldn't make out the words, but I could tell my father was getting furious. He started yelling, and I heard him demand that the visitor leave our house, or he was calling the police. It got very quiet, then so quiet, I could hear my heart beating in my chest. Then I heard my mother begin to cry. It was soft, so soft, but it scared me. The nighttime visitor was saying something to my parents. His voice was low. My mother continued to sob. After a moment, my father said something I, I couldn't make out immediately. Following, I heard something slam into the wall downstairs, so I heard the pictures in the hallway crash to the floor. I slapped a, a hand over my mouth to stealth a scream. Hey, heart racing, what was going on? My mother let out a pitiful noise, and I could hear her pleading with someone. There was a scramble of feet and then another loud bang against the wall. The intruder was saying something to, to my parents, his voice oozing with authority. I strained to make the words, but it came to me in a, t- in a t- jumble of soft noise. 
After another couple minutes of agonizing fear, I heard my father call down for me. My heart was a wild drum beat in my chest and I bit my lip. Hands shaken. Why, why did he want me? What was happening? My father called again, his voice trembling slightly. Slowly, I pulled the door to my bedroom open and walk, walking, or walked to the edge of the stairs. I realized I was clutching growls. My teddy bear, my palms were, were sweaty and I could feel the soft, its fur going damp. I looked down the stairs to the front door. I froze eyes were going wide my father was gripping his throat winching tears in his eyes something i had never seen before my mother had her arms wrapped around herself moisture staining her cheeks but that wasn't what captured my attention it was a stranger standing next to my parents staring up to me he was in his early 30s and wore a white t-shirt that read in front hi his hair was blonde and cut short. His two bl- blue eyes, pool of gl- glowing bar- uh, brilliance, set in sea of snow. And then I noticed the odd- oddities of the intruder. His skin was impossibly smooth, a keen, clean pink sheen of absolute perfect- perfection. His nose wasn't so much a nose, it was a nub jutting out of his face. His lips were twisted in a smile, revealing white strips where his teeth should have been. Hi, Spence. He called up to me, his voice cheerful. I'm Tommy Taffy. I'm going to be staying with you for a while. I clutched growls to my chest, quivering, begging my parents for guidance. Instead, they cast their eyes to the floor, clearly shaken. I didn't know what was happening, what had been said between them, but I could feel danger in the air, thick, malicious. Come on down here so I can get a good look at you, Tommy said, waving me af- waving me forward. My father's eyes suddenly met mine and I gulped. Even at the age, I could interpret the look he passed on to me. Be careful, son. Cautiously, I walked down the stairs, never letting go of my bear. When I reached the foot of the stairs, my mother reached out for me, but Tommy stepped in front of her, smiling down at me. He squatted down and ruffled my hair. He, his immaculate skin looking almost polished and waxed at this proximity. Cute little fella, aren't you? Oh, who's that you got? He asked, gesturing to the my bear. His name is Grouse, I stammered. Tommy grinned. Of course he is. I'm going to help your parents for a while, so I'd like the three of us to be friends. Me, you, and Grouse. You think that'd be okay? Again, I looked to my parents for help, confused, shaken. I had no idea what was going on, who this was. Why would my parents look so scared? He seemed nice enough, but but the why, the way my father rubbed his throat, his throat told me otherwise. Boop, boop, Tommy chuckled, knocking gently on my head. Hey, I asked you a question, Spence. You want, you want me to do a voice for, for the kid? Oh, you do a funny voice? Yeah, do it. Yeah, do one, do one. Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll, the kid is I'll be okay the kid. Today. What did you do okay. to my daddy? I whispered immediately, wishing I hadn't. Tommy's mouth remained in a frozen smile, but his eyes darkened ever so slightly. <laughs> you want to be Tommy too? <laughs> no, keep going. <laughs> My father reached out and grabbed my shoulder. Spence, son, it's okay. I'll talk to you later about it. For now, Tommy is going to... He's going to... He shot a look at my mother. He's going to stay with us. And that was the start of my five-year stretch I can never forget. A few days passed, and soon I learned, through whispered inquiries, that Tommy Taffy had visited everyone on our street. He was in our home, but also in theirs. I learned this from eventual wife, Megan, who lived across the street from me. She told me that some strange guy was living there in their house. After describing him, I deducted it. I, du- I ducted, deducted it was the one 
was one and the same Tommy Taffy. Holy crap, I slaughtered the fuck out of that little sentence. I didn't understand how it was possible, but needed to keep my mouth shut. Tommy had sworn to me, uh, surgery. He swore everyone, uh, secrecy, that's what it is. This was enforced by my parents, he told me in hushed whispers and never tell ever anyone about Tommy. I could tell everyone feared him. I did too. There was something unsettling about his constant smile, his slightly off features, and the cool, initiated way of he spoke. A nice. <laughs> I took a couple of drinks before I did this. Initiated way he spoke and laughed. I didn't know what he told my parents to keep them from going to the police. Why they were allowing him to live in our home, but it was, it must have been terrible. We were a hostage in our ha- own house, of course. Tommy didn't keep us there, but we knew he would be waiting once we came back. At night, Tommy would sit us down and give us a life lesson. He would tell us how to be good people, how to love one another. I remember one time during the first first week i looked out my front window across the street into megan's living room i saw tommy there speaking to her family on the couch the tommy in front of my family stopped speaking immediately and st- stared long and hard at me then he went to the window and closed the curtains before continuing during the evenings as the fathers on our street came home from work i'd seen them me briefly in the road, muttering to each other and casting a look over their shoulders. There was a mutual terror shared between them, an unspoken knowledge that they had to keep Tommy's secret, that getting the police involved would only lead to, well, nothing good. I imagine I upon, I imagine upon arrival that Tommy threatened our family and then showed some sign of physical dominance over the men. I remember the banging against the walls and the way my father had gripped his throat. But what the hell he had he said to them? Why did they allow him to infest our homes? Well, a month later I found out they were plotting against Tommy. They were going to kill him. Bum, bum. August 1969. Again, I was awoken from slumber. I look at the Spider-Man clock and saw it was after midnight. I scrubbed sleep from my eyes grasping in the dark from growls as i found my bear i heard banging from downstairs along with several voices i slipped out of the bed and went to my door the lights downstairs were off but i saw beams of light cutting through the black flashlights i called out for my parents but saw their bedroom door was wide open i knew they weren't in bed then more voices from downstairs followed along with scraping across the hardwood floors I jumped as a bang shook the night and then voices faded. There's, There's people, people going, going into, into the basement. basement. <laughs> you gotta keep going. You gotta keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I thought frightened. Our basement was unfinished as expanse of empty cement. Why, Why are you going into the God basement? Damn it, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you that one? No, you're just go. I'm not gonna do it anymore. Just keep going. <laughs> I don't know where am I. <laughs> no, you're good. Just keep going. Hey, his. Okay, I get it now. His are like the acrylic or yeah. the kit. I can't remember what it's called. The Italics. It's fine. You can just read it all. No, no, no. You do it. You do it. Okay. Slightly assuming my parents were down there, I crept the first floor, clutching growls to my chest. Sure enough, the basement door was open. I saw the light reflecting off the dusty floor. I could hear my father's voice and the familiar voices of our neighbors. They were speaking to someone. They were angry. My heart froze in my chest as someone laughed from the depths of the cellar. <laughs> Making sure to not make a sound. I slunk to the open door and descended the first two steps to look out at the scene below me. Tommy was bound to the metal chair in the middle of the room, surrounded by six pairs of parents that lived in our neighborhood. Their backs were to me, but I could see Tommy's flawless face gazing up at them. 
Megan's father was there. His face was a mess of bruises and swollen face or swollen flesh. <laughs> his arm was in a sling and it looked like his shoulders slumped, like his back was in pain. I sucked in a breath as I realized one of the men was passing my father was passing my father my father's my father a pistol. The woman stood by their husband with grim look on their face. There was no disagreement among the executioners. It's time you leave our lives. One of the men said, looming over Tommy, I recognize him as my friend Luke's father. They, they live two houses down. This is your last chance, he growled. Tommy didn't, didn't even struggle in his rose binding that ever presents smile still on his face. He looked up at them, the overhead light illuminating his sparkling blue eyes. I don't understand. I'm just trying to help all of you raise your children properly. I'm not going anywhere. A look passed between the parents and then my father put the gun to Tommy's head. You're not helping anyone. You're a monster. You can't come into our homes and threaten our children, threaten our lives. That's not how this works. All those threats you whispered to us while we were caught off guard. Well, look at you now. My father spat on him. <laughs> Pathetic. And now you'll get yours. My father shot him in the head. The report was def defining. Deafening. Defining. Deafening. Deafening. And I almost screamed. Slammed in my he hand over my mouth at la the last second. Tommy's head whipped back as the smell of gun smoke spiked in the air. It was silent for a moment and then... <laughs> In horror, I watched Tommy slowly rise his head to stare back at my father. What the hell? One of the women breathed, breathed her, her voice shaken. There was no blood, no shatter of bone, nothing, just dark circle of Tommy's forehead where the bullet has passed. What the fuck are you? Someone whispered. Tommy's eyes spun the, ma the man, the man who had spoken. I'm Tommy Taffy. I'm not going anywhere. My mother suddenly pointed to the corner of the room, her hands trembling. Gas! Get the gas! Megan's mother mother went to the far corner of the room and picked up a smell of red can. I could hear the slosh of gasoline smelled it in the air. My father grabbed the can from her hand, his eyes wide and never leaving Tommy. Without a word, his opening it, or what's it called? Yeah, up, upton. What? Upended. 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 It over the bound man's. Um, soaking him. Tommy kept smiling. <laughs> Another fa father passed my dad of a, a box of matches. My father struck one, his hand hovering in the air. Go back to hell. Leave us alone. Tommy grinned. Uh, grin wider. Hell is going to seem like a fantasy when I come back for you. My father dropped the match and Tommy burst into flames. He didn't scream. He didn't thrash. He simply blurred. As his face began to melt, his eyes shifted and suddenly he, said, he saw me. <laughs> Heart exploding in my throat, I fled back to my room, tears streaming down my face. From the safety of my bed, I eventually heard the neighbors leaving, relief in their voices. Two weeks later, Tommy came back. September 1969. How much was it? We're almost done. We were eating super. or supper. <laughs> Did you hear me? Yeah, I fucking heard you. I'm sorry, podcast, I'm not aced. Oh man, dude, that's crazy. A sense of normalcy. What was that? <laughs> normalcy. Normalcy. Nor normalcy. 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 <laughs> well, I'm not normal. <laughs> to our home. My parents normal. T My parents never told me they had they had murdered Tommy. Instead, opting to inform me. That his visit was over he over and he 
went back home. I still still caught whiffs of gasoline about about Oh shit. Hold on, I just lost Brian. I fucked up. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I fucked up. Yo, what happened? I accidentally refreshed the page. <laughs> Did it stop the podcast? No, it's recording on my phone. I was trying to find some sounds. Anyway. Yeah, dude, I was thinking of that earlier. Hold on, I got two more. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Okay, keep going. (laughs) I like that. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Okay, let's see. Job on forks. The sound was getting... Okay. The sun was setting and the dying orange light um, filtered in through the living room window, stretching out across the floor to cover the dinner table. My mother and father sat at opposite ends of the table, chatting about their days. I could tell they were still shaken, but I admired the way they were trying to return their lives to what it had been before Tommy showed up. As I shoveled mashed potatoes into my mouth, the front door exploded open. I spun around. Jumping as the wild splinter and the hinges creaked. I dropped my fork, eyes growing wide. It was Tommy. He looked and he looked furious. My my parents' mouth dropped in unison. But before they could speak, Tommy marched towards us with alarming speed and upending upended the kitchen table dishes dishes filled with food shattered to the floor and my father half rose fear paralyzing him without a word tommy grabbed my father by the neck and dragged him to the wall where he plowed his face through the sheetrock my mother screamed and ran to the aid my dad but tommy spun on her and punched her in the teeth sending her crashing to the floor feeling my bladder go panic clawing at my throat I watched as Tommy pulled my father's bloody head from the wall, sputtering, dazed. My father tried to release himself from Tommy, Tommy's iron grip, but it did no good. His eyes dark and his mouth clamped in a snarl. Tommy clamped a hand over my father's throat and dragged him into the living room without stopping. He threw him through the window and out in the front yard. I was a mess of tears and terror snot bubbling from my nose as Tommy turned back to my mother and I. Now he was smiling. He went to he went to my stunned mother and held held her up. You're going to need to see this, he said darkly. His lips curled and grinned. He looked at me, jerked his head towards the door. Come on, Spence, you too. He pulled my mother to the front door and pushed her outside. I hadn't moved. My face frozen in silent scream. Tommy looked over his shoulder and winked at me. Don't make me ask again, sport. Oh, and bring the broom behind you. I pulled off my chair by fear. I got up dutifully, grabbed grabbed the kitchen broom and walked, walked it to Tommy. My pants reeking of urine. Tommy put a hand on my shoulder and guided me outside the stand-up by our mailbox. I saw, their, I saw my father rolling in grass, a mess of blood and glass. My mother kneeling before him, weeping. Our neighbors were coming out of their houses, eyes wide. Shock looked at horror on their face as they saw Tommy. Gather round, he yelled, motioning for them to come closer. Look at what you done. I saw Megan at her doorstep across the street, face pale as sheet snow. She looked at me and I saw her begin to cry, burying her face in her hands. Shocked and shocked into obedience, our neighbors came and stood around our tiny front lawn by the street. All eyes on my father and mother. This is your fault, Tommy said, meeting every one of their terrified faces. He suddenly snatched the broom from my hands in a quick motion. He snapped the head off, tested tossed the duster aside and in advance and advance of my father gripping the splintered pole my mother screamed and covered her bleeding husband with her body but Tommy booted her in the face 
wrenching my heart and process. Up he go, Tommy growled, pulled my father up by the hair onto his knees. Glass jutting from his face, my father looked up at Tommy, agony burning in his eyes. Don't worry, I'll take good care of him, son, or good care of your son, Tommy whispered. He raised the broken broom over his head like a spear and slammed it into my father's mouth down his throat until it erupted from his stomach and plunged into the earth. Blood shot like geyser out of my father's splatter Tommy's perfect features. My mother howled, her bloodshot eyes rattling in, her, in their sockets as my father gasped, then died. His lips wrapping around the broom handle jutting from his mouth the neighbors watch were watching were paralyzed a few few of the women crying out of the sudden display of brutal violence the men's face were pale and shocked into silence Meg's father leaning over and emptying his stomach onto the road blood dripping from my, his face tommy turned to the to face them eyes alight i want you to think about this moment and the next time you want him want to have a bonfire do I make myself crystal clear all eyes were trained to the impaled figure of my father pinned to the earth I said do I make myself crystal clear oh I didn't say crystal that time no it didn't <laughs> <laughs> Tommy repeated the smile dropping from his face everyone slowly nodded Every eye wet with tears and wide with hair horror. Tommy threw his thumb over his shoulder. Now get rid of him. I need to put his son to bed. I took a step back, tears flowing free freely from my eyes, shaken to the core, unable to stop staring at my dead father. My world sworn and rocked. My vision streaking blur of color. I felt like I was going to throw up pass out scream until I couldn't breathe anymore Tommy was suddenly looming over me sweeping me up in his arms he pressed me my shocked face into his shoulder and stroked my hair as we went to the house and up to my bedroom I heard a rumble in Tommy's chest <laughs> oh that was fucking wild yeah, well, that's good. Holy crap, man! That's even if there was a part two, that could that could definitely be the ending of that shit, dude. Honestly, have you ever seen the Baba Duke? A long time ago, dude. That, I don't remember it too much, though. What? what is I just how you pronounce that. It's the Baba Duke. <laughs> put, that put... one was. It's, Push your mic away from your mouth, dude. You're like... <laughs> like there? Yeah. But, oh, dude, yeah. That was good. What yeah, do you think, bro? That was good. I liked it. Real good. Holy crap, man. Tell me what, what's your... What's your... Most, like... Like the part that freaking shocked you. You know what I'm saying? That's that left you in awe. Oh, what left me in awe? I don't know. I'm so desensitized. <laughs> but, but, Dude, I'm telling you, bro. This this one is just. Oh, I don't know. Until you hear the full, like, there's three parts to this story, and it's so gruesome, bro. There's more to but, it than that. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's three parts, dude. Ooh, so we can it shows do... the part of it shows the part of like the police POV um the kid when he was a um that the one I just read that's him when he was a kid and the next one is when he was when he's a, an adult and Ooh. stuff maybe we should yeah, do that on the next couple episodes or something make people come back for more <laughs> yeah dude I'm down, because it's a freaking long one, so. That was a long one, dude. Oh, that's all right. We're only 35 minutes. We got another 30 minutes to go. Hell yeah. Oh, wait, did 
Did you put the other three? In the notes? Huh? Or is this another story? Yeah, they're on the... Oh. No, that's the, that's the other... Okay. That's the other part. Okay. Well, before we Should get... I find another one? No, no, it's fine. I was just asking. But before we get started, I'm going to go over to Spotify for podcasters and show you... Well, not show you, but I'm going to tell you. So, so far we have 26 followers just on Spotify. Um... And impressions. Oh, yeah, baby. There's 2,651 impressions. So basically, like, when you're on Spotify, it'll be like, oh, are you interested in this? But, uh, yeah. Holy crap. But let's see. That's a lot, dude. 2,000? And top impression sources are from Spotify search. Most people searching it up. So they're so two thousand motherfuckers are searching it up and no, not listening. <laughs> a good portion of those two thousand motherfuckers. Okay. Well, Fucking listen. And then the so ninety six percent of our listeners are from the United States. Three percent are from the United Kingdom, and less than one percent is in Norway. So that's like one person in fucking Norway. Ooh, Norway. Yeah. Okay, well, but yeah, I'll, I'll, let me, I'll do my, well, first we'll do, um, but obviously I'll call oh, your information on the, on the, on the, the, the website thing, but okay, I'll get into my next couple little, two small true crime stories from Utah, these are both from this year, so in Layton, okay, in Layton, Utah, by you. May 20th. No fucking way. May 20th of this year, Jeremy Bailey, who was 34 at the time, killed his wife, in-laws, and three dogs. And now, I've been seeing a lot of people getting more mad about the dog sign than the people. But it's whatever. Yeah. And from what I found, her parents were visiting from Nevada. Their neighbor had noticed Jeremy and his father-in-law having a heated argument. It's still being investigated as to why... He fucking did that because he turned himself in. But anyway, I wanted to talk about the case because if people don't know, because there are a few people that we used to work with that listen to this, like Dragon, Rob. Well, I think Dragon does. He left the Facebook group for some fucking reason. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. What a dick. Nah, it's all right. Anyway, and so, because we did pest control together, that's how our friendship blossomed. And uh, I'm pretty sure I've I've looked at the pictures of that house, and I'm I'm pretty sure I serviced that house before, which is just creepy. But, yeah. Oh, that's the one I freaking was fast forwarding, huh? Yeah. And then the next one. Um, this one's still ongoing, as well. It is pretty crazy. Corey Richens, a mom of three. Uh, spiked her husband's drink with fentanyl last year. Five times the lethal what, dose. Uh... Yeah, and she bought the drugs from a dealer in Ogden. And then she wrote a book for kids about losing a parent. And then eventually was caught. But she isn't going to get the death penalty, but we'll talk about both of these more when more shit comes out. Yeah. Holy crap, dude. What the hell? And that just happened recently, or what? Yeah, I, she just got arrested in July, May 20th I think. Of this year. No, that was the other one. This one, she was just arrested in July. It's still an ongoing case right now? Yeah, both of them are. Why don't you just leave him? I don't... I don't, I don't know. There's, like, so many cases where it's, like... They'll either start cheating on it. Like, I listened to one earlier... And this dude starts just yeah. giving it to his secretary. And I, I honestly don't blame the wife. She was pissed. But she's like, we'll work on it. We'll get better. And then he's like, oh, I'll go dump her. And she, she caught them outside of a hotel. And she ran him over like five times. What the With hell? his daughter in the car. <laughs> and she's like, stop the car. And she's like, it was an accident. I tried to miss him. <laughs> Fucking five times. <laughs> What the? Did you ever hear about that story where that that girl locked her husband into in a suitcase? Oh yeah, and stuff. I saw the video, and he's like, "What oh, did I, I do? Let me out!" And then he fucking suffocated. What him. the? It started as a joke. They were 
were doing it. No, that's what she said. She said it was a joke, but... He willingly climbed in the suitcase. Yeah, but she locked it. And then they had been fighting with each other. And then there was another one that just happened in Ohio and she just got sentenced. Her last name was Shadynasty. I shit you not. She wasn't black either. She was white. <laughs> but... Shadynasty. <laughs> she, like, chopped up her boyfriend while they were on meth or some shit. Yeah. What the hell? Mess is a hell That's of some Dexter shit right there. Dude, I don't even know it. Oh, I don't even know how people get into. Like, when I think of, like, cases or stories like this, I think about, like, what are going through their minds, bro. Like, well, to be able to even cause that, you know? It depends on the person, because, I mean, some people will just, like, snap. Like, if I walked in and some guy was trying to hit on my wife, oh, I would not hesitate to chop that motherfucker up. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I mean, in cases like that, it's understandable. But when it comes to, like, making a scheme or shit, or being sneaky about it, or I don't know, dude. Being being playful at first, but then afterwards it, it becomes more horrific than it is. That's the crazy part, bro. Yeah, I don't... It's like the suitcase thing. Yeah, but... Your fentanyl story. Yeah, but then, like, serial killers, they just... Like, it's still not really known why they do it. It's more like they just have to do it. Yeah, I guess shit. It reminds me of the freaking... Um... Ah, what's his name? Something Hernandez. He's the... He's the football player. And he was the one that freaking... Yeah, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, he the one him. that killed his his homie, yeah, his friend or whatever. Wasn't it a few people? I thought he killed a few people. <laughs> He's technically a serial killer because he killed more than three people. Oh, really? Yeah, but they holy but they shit, think it's because of like that CTE shit. I don't know. Yeah, they're because he remember when he was talking to his aunt and stuff on the um, like the phone call and stuff. Like he was. He was acting like a kid, basically. He was, like, just telling his aunt that he made his bed in jail, mm-hmm. being pr- or asking if she was proud and stuff like that. Like, But his aunt was always on his side. Mm-hmm. And, too, and I think his cousin was, too, wasn't it? I, I haven't watched the documentary in forever, but it, it's like a... You know, you know Chris Watts, right? Yeah. The guy who killed his wife and kids because he was fucking some other lady. Yeah, dude, that's fucking wild, and bro. Like, she was so sweet to him all the time, trying to be all nice, and he's just like, "I'm gonna shove my kids inside of a fucking two-inch thing." What the fuck? Mm-hmm. He's a piece of I shit. I can't. Re- dude, he is. Anyone that fucking does that is a piece of shit, bro. Dude, like, that reminds me of a story. Um, it's on Netflix, too, where um, you remember the whole documentary where they were, like, investigating, trying to find his kids and shit. But then next thing you know, they're, like, in an oil field that he buried him. That's Chris Watts, dude. Is that, <laughs> is that the same? Yeah, that's It wasn't his wife that did it, wasn't it? No, it was him. He killed his wife and kids. And she was pregnant. Oh, I thought, I thought you said the wife was. I thought you said the wife was the one that killed them. No, no, I'm saying she no, was such yeah, a dude. sweet person because they show a bunch of like texts and stuff from her, and she just seemed like the sweetest person. So it's just fucked up that he would do that to her, just because he wanted poontang on the fuck? side. How do you even get to that point, bro? Dude, those small dude, dicks, yeah, dude. dude. I don't know. But out of everything, bro, I think these the stories that you have are a lot more freaking crazy than the creepy pastas and shit. I'm gonna have to look more into the, the true crime stories and stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> especially want. Especially since they're, yeah, especially since they're fucking like. Because I watch a couple of. Uh, have you ever seen Audit the Audit or Audit um, Tool? At Otis Tool? Ah, uh, maybe. Like um, really I don't think it's that one. Dude. No, so the audit, the audit, the audit is like a bunch of freaking 
cop, um, like, it shows their cameras on their body cam, basically, and it's just basically just a bunch of videos about, like, crimes that weren't supposed to be done that way. Basically, just auditing the the officer, seeing if he's a, he did a good job or a bad job. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, audit to audit is all you said? Audit the audit. So audit, the audit, yeah. It's not really a, like the true crime stories, nothing related, but it's just like them. It's really fucking interesting. Shit up. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I thought you were talking about audit tool. <laughs> Which one's that one? Um, do you know who Henry Lee Lucas is, the confession killer? No. So. Okay, I'll give you the little snips. I have a lot of it in my brain, so I don't even have to look it up. So, basically, Henry Lee Lucas, he did kill a few people, but while he was in being interviewed, there's a whole uh, Netflix documentary where he confessed to up, like, 300 killings. And a lot of them, they're like, oh, you clearly didn't do this, but he would just do that so he could get strawberry milkshakes and cigarettes. What the... And, yeah, like, he did kill a few people, but... And he had a friend... Who they were actually butt pirates together and they and that dude <laughs> do you know who john walsh is like yeah like, i do america's yeah. most wanted he killed his son his six-year-old kid well they think he did either him or jeffrey dahmer did because they were both in the area at the time he was kidnapped from a sears mall what in the, the 80s fuck? and they only found his body his head was removed and so after that happened, he started America's Most Wanted, which ended up catching a shit ton of people. But they aren't 100% sure who killed his son, which is really fucking sad. But, dude, that is crazy as fuck. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, it's creepy. Oh, man. God. God, praise to him. Holy shit. Six-year-old, six-year-old son just gone like that. No, that's... Holy crap. That's why I don't like... I don't like to take my kid anywhere because it just fucking scares me. Uh, yeah, dude, I just... I watched the old It movie um, yesterday and um, I don't know if you've seen it before, but he freaking... Oh, yeah. Like, just in a couple of seconds, like, she, the daughter... Georgie was just playing outside for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. and it's just gone, dude. Gone. Have you, have you watched the That's newer like, ones? Yeah, the newer ones, yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I but, think it's more fucked up what they do to Georgie than the new ones. He's just, he's just trying to crawl <laughs> away without an arm. It's so fucked. But, yeah, dude, that is so. And then he, like, yeah, because he, he bites off his arm, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Hold on one oh, second. Oh, man. We have a maximum of of a segment is 60 minutes, so I have to stop the recording for a second and then restart a new one. We're at 50 minutes. Okay. So just give me a second. Oh. All right, so why well, wasn't the best of Christians... I've always believed in God. You wouldn't see me in church every Sunday, but I would make a good attempt to do, um, to go during Easter and Christmas Mass. On some Wednesdays every couple of years, you would even see me with a piece of ash on my face. That was, of course, before the drunk driver decided that my Honda looked like it needed to be compressed to half his size. I don't remember much about the accident itself or subsequent stay in the hospital, but this story isn't about that. The story is about what I saw when I was dead for six minutes. One moment I was driving down Roosevelt Avenue, minding my own business, and waiting for a light to turn green. The next moment I felt a huge shift in a weight and everything went black. When I saw the light at the end of dark tunnel, I guessed what had happened to me? I had died? I knew as a good person. I treated my family kindly. My many years on this earth had taught me that people were essentially good. I wasn't afraid to go into the white light 
despite the fact that I was leaving my life behind me because I knew that I would be I would seize them soon enough so I went into the light the next thing I knew I had a physical body I could feel light coolness on my skin and the soft fabric of a comfortable loose shirt on and pants the small white dots and brown moles that had littered my forearms from long days of physical labor were gone and my skin felt as smooth as baby's bottom if i could look in a mirror i would probably see a version of myself much younger than the 44 years i currently was you done admire the new duds the voice surprised me it sounded too normal sorry it's just a lot to get used to i said to to the voice that i couldn't place you want to do the voice sure i'm at wait a minute wait a minute where the hell are you Here. <laughs> oh man, this is great. Oh, the voice was coming from my right, and my eyes adjusted to the point that I could make out a silhouette against the light that surrounded me. The light seemed to die down a bit. I could finally make out the silhouette. Let me. He was in a loose-fitting white shirt and white pants. And there was something weird about his hair. Can you hear me now? He said. What? (laughs) I could hear him the whole time. Why was he asking me if I could hear him? Sorry, bad joke. My social skills are a bit rusty. (laughs) I thought for a second before finally placing why he asked that. Are you quoting that Verizon commercial from a decade ago? My vision cleared enough to find out the weird thing I had noticed about his hair. He had a dark purple fox hawk. Full hawk. (laughs) Full hawk. (laughs) Oh, man. Full hawk. Oh, man, dude. They're going to get me for this one, he sighed. And again, I fail at being funny. Has it really been a decade? On top of the faux hug, he also had a face piercing. If he hadn't been wearing the same loose white clothing, I I was, he would, I, I guess that's a typo. I guess he would be at home in a Fallout Boy concert, Cirque de or circa 2005. Tonight will be the night that I will fall for you. It was 2018 last time I checked. Goddamn, you'll realize after being here a while that time doesn't mean much of anything here. Heaven! <laughs> the emo kid barked a quick laugh. <laughs> yeah, heaven. I looked around in every direction as far as I could see it was only endless wittiness whiteness or whiteness with nothing in visual distance besides myself and what's your name I asked the emo kid Daniel alright Daniel uh yep my eyes were fully adjusted and there definitely was nothing. If this is heaven, then where is where the hell is everything? He looked at me in silence for a second. I'm not the only I'm not the only one making bad jokes right now, apparently. I took in a quick breath to calm myself before I yelled at what he, what I presumed was some sort of angel or psychopomp or whatever the hell this, this kid was supposed to be. 
Is heaven really standing around with you in a white nothingness for all eternity? Daniel looked at me sadly. No, it's not. I just wanted to spend as much time away as possible. Daniel wanted to spend as much time as possible from heaven. Why? I asked a question I had stirring in my brain. He looked off into the blank distance in silence before answering. I guess you have to find out sooner or later. I was about to ask what the hell he was talking about when I felt a sudden shift in that stomach dropping feeling of sitting in a roller coaster as it drops from a hundred feet. There was suddenly a gate in front of us. White pillars reached into the air far enough that I couldn't see the top. Between the pillars were bright walls of wall of what looked like solid sheets of marble that extended from far into the heavens. What the fuck just just happened? <laughs> that came out so much fucking harder. <laughs> I almost fell over, fell over for the sudden shift of location and the appearance of vertigo-inducing walls where nothing had existed before. That. He mentioned towards the wall in defense gesture. Is that where we're going? We're defeated. Is that where we're going? Unfortunately. Daniel. I noticed a light brighter coming from the top of the wall and pointed towards it. What's the light? He looked up at, at where I was pointing. Don't look directly at it unless you want a blinding headache. I said that the light grew brighter and brighter. It was getting just as close enough that I could see a pair of wings somewhere in a bright shining light of its course. There was another pair behind the fair, the first, and another somewhere closer to its leg. Its head looked like the head of a lion. No wait, it was an ox head. But it had a beak and a human mouth. Don't be afraid. A voice boom out of the shining light that grew ever closer. Its face had been confusing enough. Trying to place its exact feature was beginning to make my brain hurt. The booming voice that only added to the madness that was already going inside my head as my mind tried to reconcile something with four faces and 17 pairs of wings 14 12 look away I heard a small voice say to my right it's it was hard to think where was I again what was I looking at did this thing really have the head of I felt my head jerk suddenly I was suddenly facing the ground and mental facilities coming back in a sudden tidal wave. I'm sorry, servant. He doesn't yet know how things work here. I am his escort through the three gates, and we only wish to pass. Daniel said directly beside me. Did you, did you lose your spot? I did. Oh, Daniel said from directly beside me. I could feel the heated light shining off the off of the angel. From that's what it must be directly in front of the, directly in front of me. I didn't know before this moment that light could have an intent, but this one somehow did. I could feel it. Measuring would be the best word. Me as I stood in front of it. The light shone through me, illuminating all of the areas of my life. A 20-year marriage down the drain because of a drunken one-night stand. A fairly to keep in touch with old friends. Learning one of those friends had died third-hand three, third-hand three years afterwards. Of course, guide. Your voice boomed. Shaking the essence of what I was made of. You may pass. 
I felt the light move, and I dined, or dinned, to look up. It was already drifting upwards and out of a sight above the sheer walls that dominated the f- field of vision. Come on. I felt a pull and started stepping towards the wall. We need to get inside. Just stop. I yelled and pulled my head away from Daniel's grasp. Tell me what the fuck is going on. What the fuck was that? How did it have that many heads? And it's letting us pass through? Aren't we already here? Haven't we already been judged by God? Daniel looked at me. There was something in his eyes that I hadn't seen before. Sadness? Yes. Resentment? Maybe. This time, though, there was one clear emotion on his face. Fear. Fear as he looked up at the walls and the things that stood guard on it. Those are angels. If you're lucky, you won't see many of them. When I was alive, I thought the Bible was bullshit. And most of it is. One of the things they got right was how they looked. All of the goddamn things for it. To get right, I had to describe them correctly as those mind-fucking things. Now we really do need to get inside before one of them comes back. I stared at Daniel. And why do we need to do that, Daniel? You don't get it yet. Those aren't the walls of paradise you thought in Sunday school. These are the walls of a prison. And the angels aren't servants of God. (laughs) Fucking boom. (laughs) Fucking... The fucking... (laughs) The fucking boomers, dude. (laughs) Thunder pussy. Thunder pussy. Okay. Let's go, baby. Oh, that was Let's good. Let's go, dude. That was fucking good. Oh, man. That was a good one, dude. No Holy one's... crap, bro. So this one's kind of just saying about, you know, basically what it says. I was dead for six minutes, but I would rather go to hell because the story is kind of just saying that going into heaven is hell. Yeah. And it's... The conspiracies of this, I mean, it's it's wide and wide in imagination and everything. But it's just so crazy how I've heard like stories of like when people die, like while they're in like a hospital or whatever, that it's like you just replay your memories, or that it's like a dream and you make up how you want the dream to go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. Lucid dreaming. Yeah, like lucid dreaming. That's what I heard from. I don't remember what I was fucking oh i was watching uh the big les show have you ever seen the big les show no oh dude it's oh, so fucking seen that. it's a it's a cartoon on youtube made in ms paint it's about a bunch of characters who get really fucking high and sassy the sasquatch and they're australian so you know they sound fucking cool but the creator was talking about how his friend had died and he's like that's what he said it was and the whole show is just fucking trip Dang, that's fucking wild, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... That kind of... This, this story kind of reminds me... I mean, kind of makes me feel like they went into, like, purgatory. Not heaven. You know what I mean? Yeah, have you like, ever, they re- Have you ever looked up what, like, the descriptions of angels are in the Bible? Like, actually look them up on, like, Google? And they'll fucking draw them? Uh, dude, Google that shit. It's fucking creepy. Really? Yeah. What is it? The description? Like, biblically accurate angels. Oh, look, it's already here. They're they're always here. It says, glory is... Oh, dude. Beautiful wings, perfect faces, and all righteous nature that brings warmth, comfort, and solace. That's how we picture angels. After all, that's how we've um, depicted the majestic creatures throughout history and every piece of art and literature. 
in this common description what the heck of our bread bread what reimagination or does it have a striking resemblance to angels who rule heaven according oh. to the bible it oh, would appear that we are wrong I'm going to send you a picture because that's talking about, but look at the, so the people don't know we're recording this on Discord, but look at the, the chat. I just sent you a picture of what the accurate, like, description of them look like. Like, go on the general. No freaking way, dude. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to look like. Look, I'm, I'm sharing my screen right now. Oh, I don't know if you can see it. Oh, I, I, you already know what it is, but... Dude, this is wild, dude. It's like a bunch of eyeballs, basically. Yeah. Oh, I can't actually. Oh, yeah, it popped up for a second and then it went away. But, uh... Oh, I just closed it. No, it's all good. Oh. What the fuck? Is there anything else you want to talk about, or you think we should end it there? No, I think that's good. I think that's a good podcast, bro. Okay, well... Till next time, dude. Yep. Well, make sure to share this to your friends and your family and fucking give us... We have like seven five stars on Spotify right now. Some on Apple Podcasts. The podcast is on every platform. And I will share the link to the podcast to Brian. And he'll share it on his socials. And then follow both of us. Mm-hmm. And our schedule is going to be probably what? Every Sunday we'll do an episode and then like once throughout the week just a bullshit and talking episode or whatever that sounds good sometimes we'll do them in person sometimes we won't but yeah that's gonna be it for today fucking toodles bitches